You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hi, my name is Blake, and I have just a quick note before we get started. Actually, it's more like a recommendation, because this podcast is an immersive sonic fantasy, and what you're about to hear is best experienced with headphones on, imagination on, and everything else turned off. Welcome to Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast. If a line for fun just goes on and on, and some overgrown mountain marathon, it was up to you, but you should have gone to the Neverly. It's a place to go with your family or with the two of you. That morning... As I lock up my house and get into the car, the song starts to play in my head. It was up to you, but you should have gone to the Neville. So, I listen to the ghosts and go. The car turns onto Arrowhead Road, and I begin to feel the funny feeling again almost immediately. I know this place. I've never been here, but I know this final stretch of broken road leading up to the gates of the 550-acre property, a crumbling relic in the heart of Ulster County, New York, once a point of pride, now a point of pain for the community who's watched it decay before their very eyes since 2009, the Neville. Grand Resort. And so begins one of the first of many expeditions out across the country to find sanctuary inside these all-American ruins. It's not as if I haven't been hooked since I was a kid. To abandoned spaces, I have been. And you can hear more about that in episode one, but today, this is my second venture out into the world to find these decaying spaces, crumbling sanctuaries that provide solace for me in this deeply uncertain moment. And I'm slowly realizing they're helping me connect with my imagination again, healing my spirit. Hey, how's it going? Um, do you know anything about, uh, getting... Yeah, there's a hole in the fence right over there. Oh, that's it? Yeah, that's it. A security guard at the operating resort next door shows me where to slip through the fence. So, I thank her, maneuver around the fence just like she showed me, and begin my approach up a long driveway towards a large tower. Ten stories. And the closer I get to the massive complex, it hits me. 
I feel like I'm on the set of Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, the 1980 horror classic adapted from Stephen King's novel. I've been deeply obsessed with the film for a long time. One of these dorks who feels so mesmerized by the movie that it's almost in my bones. Kind of like that feeling of animoia. A longing for a time and place I've never known. So to get to live out that fantasy and chill with Shelley Duvall in 1980 on the set of Stanley Kubrick's The Shining is... Well, it's incredible. But I know that it's more than that. The ghosts are clear. This place is a monument to a time before mine, to a community that isn't mine. Historically, an ostracized, politicized, scrutinized community just trying to find peace. I drift past the threshold between the real world and into the late 1960s amidst the decline of the Borscht Belt era, when Catskillian resorts of Herculean size and stature began to slowly lose relevance and economic steam. The Borscht Belt was, was a, uh, it was a community. It was a community within about 30 square miles of 130 hotels. The Jewish Alps, as they were once called, have a dark anti-Semitic history. In the 1920s, anti-Jewish marketing was on a sharp rise in the United States, and many vacation spots across the country barred Jewish people access. I pledge undivided allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. This harsh reality led many Jewish communities to build their own vacation lands. With liberty and justice for The allure of the Catskills, some 90 minutes from New York City, incited a resort revolution, becoming a destination for many Jewish travelers. From the 1920s until the late 1960s, when tourism trends shifted and the Borscht Belt began to experience a steep economic downfall. And mountain peaks, a wonderland of scenic splendor. I guess I didn't realize it, but the resort is overwhelmingly large. Graffiti covers the walls, decades boasting intricate design work. The Nevely has a rich history in the Hudson Valley. All you have to do is scour Facebook and read the comments from folks who have fond memories of the hotel. It's my heart to see what's happened. It used to be an amazing place. Words can't explain what happened. how many memories I have at the Neville. This place is a maze. It drips and moans. It breathes on its own. And I feel like I'm exploring an entity still very much alive. I head downstairs where I find the Stardust Room. I can hear Al Boley, Ray Noble, the Charioteers playing old standards like Midnight the Stars and You or A Dream for Sale. The music sails down the hallways of the hotel, haunting every nook and cranny, blanketing every wall with echoes of the past. 
I enter the theater. It's empty and enormous, two levels sweeping towards a modest stage where the curtain, musty and dusty, hangs on by the skin of its teeth. And as I make my way into the room, I begin to hear the laughter of the guests. And I begin to see hands coming out of the darkness, applauding, and the light coming through the windows is heavenly, and there they are. The audience. I approach the stage, hop up, and turn to face them, but they're gone again. Only a single empty chair remains, so I bow to it as a shiver tumbles down my spine. I feel like someone is still watching me. I hop off stage and exit the theater. As I pass through the corridor next to the check-in, I see a giant open lobby where skylight glass has caved in. Sunshine tumbles in from above. This room is not like the set of The Shining, and it doesn't feel like there's a dark, anti-Semitic past in here. There is no evil lurking in the shadows, but there are ghosts in this hotel, and it is a sanctuary. A graveyard filled with so much joy. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. All of our outdoor activities will be in full swing today. They'll be voting on grossing the lake, swimming at the pool, golf, tennis, handball, basketball, volleyball... I wander back into the kitchen, passing messages, comments on culture, signatures of past explorers. It is a blueprint of a moment on a timeline sealed and preserved. Knowing that every building on this property might one day be demolished makes me feel sad. Until I see the floor is caving in anyway and remember, Mother Nature will always have the final say. I make my way down a series of passageways that seem to stretch on forever and ever and ever until I reach a delivery entrance at the back of the resort. On a wall rests a giant spray-painted message. The future is uncertain. I take a photograph because I want to remember the message. I breathe. It's a moment of gratitude for my own sense of serenity amidst the global chaos where so much feels unknown. I feel the mountain air shroud my face gently, caress my back softly as I wander into a giant barn that's filled with boxes full of employee records, receipts, bills, invoices, marketing postcards dating back to the 1950s, costumes hanging from past stage productions, comforters, blankets, pillows, where the heads of dreamers once rested, imagining history. 
unknown history, lives lived thoroughly of their own volition, just aiming to survive. Like I am aiming to survive in this solitude. In the distance, I see a giant structure made of wood. I make my way across an expansive field and discover the ice skating rink. I can hear the grind of the metal on ice as patrons whiz by, so I slide out onto the rink and take it all in. And as I begin to get lost in this Tanya Harding fantasy, Shelley Duvall grabs me by the arm and motions me towards another building in the distance. She seems like she's in trouble and runs off. So I follow her. I backpedal through the entire hotel, past the pool, past the elevators, right on through the muck and mire of history, room after room. And when I reach the other side, I see the building that Shelley Duvall is talking about, employee housing. The architecture of this building seems different somehow. I see Shelley run in with her bat in hand, and I realize the roof is completely caving in, and I look and I see Shelley run up the stairs to the second floor, screaming. She disappears, and I'm good, I think. So I exit the building and look up to see a group of patrons on the top of the tower, ten stories up, waving at me. And there's an American flag billowing in the wind, beckoning me. In a trance, I hurry in and begin to climb the stairs with anticipation. The stairwell is dark, but I trust I'm going somewhere beautiful. And when I take my first steps onto the roof, I can't believe my eyes. Miles and miles of open space, and somewhere far off, maybe in another universe, I hear a dream for sale playing. And in that moment of clarity, it dawns on me. I'm hooked once again, just like when I was a kid. And I think to myself, where to next? Because of a dream I dreamed of you didn't come true. If you're just tuning in for the first time, welcome to the first season of Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast. Join me every other week as I take you on a sonic journey, recounting my expeditions of abandoned spaces across the United States, transforming them into fantastical audio experiences that allow you, dear listener, to immerse yourself in my imagination with me, or maybe inspire you to go out and use your own. In two weeks, join me and a host of homogenous-looking couples from the 1980s as we dodge COVID-19 like the cops and explore the wilds of the Penn Hills Couples Resort in Antelomink, Pennsylvania. If you don't want to miss it when it drops, I'll politely ask that you subscribe and then rate and review so that I can keep feeling the fantasy with you. And if you like to read or enjoy amateur photography, you can also catch up on more of my adventures at allamericanruins.com or follow me on Instagram at 
All-American Ruins. Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast is hosted, produced, written, and mixed by me, Blake File, with studio space courtesy of Radio Kingston, WKNY, AM 1490, FM 1079 in Kingston, New York. Special thanks to Ida Hakala, Manuel Bloss, and Jimmy Buff for the mentorship and encouragement, and Shelley Duvall. Hi, Shelley. If you're listening wherever you are, I hope you're doing okay. I don't know why, but for some reason your Wendy Torrance has always made me feel safe and seen, so thanks. I've got a dream for you.